0: On uh, this week's episode, Lee Scott and I do not at all get sidetracked in discussing ideas for hit YouTube videos. Yeah. I feel like this should be done in a tailor craft for sure.
1: Yes. Absolutely. I feel like this,
0: this type of operation <laughs> yes. is worthy of yes. a tailor craft.
2: We should do it so it's a complete accident. So, like a can of black spray paint that we accidentally had, uh, we, we needed a can of black spray paint it. in yep. the plane for, for our buddy's yes. funeral that we were flying
1: to of course a black funeral and, makes sense
2: it went and, off and right and it blew up <laughs> it blows up in the in cockpit, in the cockpit. <laughs> <laughs> but you had
0: your fishing gear cuz you were going to fish at his funeral
2: yeah but yeah so you could you not could, only did you we could, need the black anyway we had the fishing, the fishing gear, gear. cuz so the funeral was up. at a pond <laughs> yo,
0: yo. so we can rig up the <laughs> the fishing weight off of a fishing line off the ceiling
2: <laughs> yep. so we don't need to, to see save the day at all yeah
0: we should find a wallet company to sponsor this um <laughs> yes we should
2: <laughs> uh. <laughs>
0: Welcome to the Far Aim Podcast. This week we are covering AIM Section 6-2-1 Radar Service for VFR Aircraft in Difficulty. We have Lee Griffin here. How you doing, Lee? Are you with us today?
1: I'm doing well, sir. How are you? How's
0: the hotel internet treating you?
1: Seems good so far.
0: All righty. Scott Boris, welcome. How you doing? What's going Thanks on? Thanks for showing up. Not Everyone bad. does appreciate yeah. it when you show up here. I, make I sure do.
2: I make it once in a we're while. D- we're
0: dive- once in a we're while. diving into the aim here. We're going to do, uh, as I said, 6-2-1 radar service for VFR aircraft in difficulty. Uh, we'll jump right into it. Part A, radar-equipped ATC facilities can provide radar assistance and navigation service vectors to VFR aircraft in difficulty when the pilot can talk with the controller and the aircraft is within radar coverage. Pilots should clearly understand that authorization to proceed in accordance with such radar navigational assistance does not constitute authorization for the pilot to violate CFRs. In effect, assistance is provided on the basis that navigational guidance information is advisory in nature, and the responsibility for flying the aircraft safely remains with the pilot. Mm. So, Scott, you're in distress. Would who would you reach out to? Uh,
2: I would look for the nearest field and land immediately.
0: What if you? Did, what if it wasn't an engine failure situation? Mm-hmm. Same thing. You just put it, just put it in the field anyway.
2: Yes, yes. put it in, just like Grandpa in. did. Right? Yep. Yep. Just put her down. That's always the safest move. Okay. Um, I know. What you do not want to do is talk to ATC. All
0: right. What if? What if? Um. How how do I frame this, Lee, where you'd have to do something semi-rational? You have an oh, FAA okay. guy in the plane. Mm,
1: yes, that's what something's, I
0: normally say. Something's going on with the FAA guy to where he couldn't take over the emergency. Like, he's incapacitated, mm. but he's still awake the, and can write uh, you a fine. So, like, he's of no help of hi- your emergency and your distress, your your difficult situation.
2: What's the hijack code? <laughs>
0: I, I apparently named two of them, and they were three of them, I learned. And the, the two I named wasn't even the one I was trying to name.
1: Yeah, I don't even, I don't even know if I want Scott to guess at this point.
0: So Was it 76? No,
1: no. Second uh, guess. Barbara Sutton will push
0: 70, something in chat, I'm sure, of 70, her, her riddle. 70,
1: yeah, see, again, it's two out of three, and you guessed the first two wrong. 7,500. And we've gone through, okay. over this so many times on this freaking Podcast.
0: Uh, it's hard to remember
1: uh, seventy five hundred. It would be like an altitude. So remember, the one that's hijacking is the one that could potentially be an altitude.
2: It's exhausting trying to remember. Oh, seventy
0: five hundred is the free air show. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. okay. We're trying to. As a, Tyler pointed that out, as a good memory aid, seventy squawk seventy two hundred for for an air show free.
2: Uh, seventy five. Seventy. What
0: did I say. Seventy
1: three. Seventy two. I don't know what you said.
2: He said. He said seventy. He said oh, 7, seventy-five
1: hundred. Oh, okay, yeah,
0: seventy-five. Yeah, 7, the marine glue. There you go.
2: Barb's Barb's always got a, a clue for everything. Seventy-five. Okay. Takes
0: a lot okay. Um, <laughs> Lee. Can yes, you, sir. Can you give us some? What is an actual situation where someone might use this? Because I I'm not sure if I even know we, if if one didn't know any better, you'd think we just randomly picked this three minutes before we started the live stream.
1: Yeah. If one didn't know better. Yes. (laughs) Um, I mean, I like what's a such scenario where you would want to be reaching out for help from ATC? Is that what you're asking for?
0: uh, You need radar services uh, when you're VFR and you're an aircraft in difficulty.
1: So, I mean, really, I mean, the two main things, like, from a CFI's perspective that you're looking, that you're thinking about what what may this student need, like, what have I prepared them for that is, like, external from, from them utilizing ATC when they're maybe going out on a solo cross country. That's really where this first gets really thrust upon you as a CFI is there's unforecast weather that they run into or they just plain get lost. Those are the two scenarios.
0: What are the chances of you being lost, though, and ending up in a radar service area?
1: You're almost it, always in a radar service area. They're saying radar okay. coverage. You know what I'm saying? They're not saying you're like in a class Bravo. Oh, okay. You're under yeah, radar coverage. Yeah.
0: Okay.
1: So I believe that's what they mean.
0: I just feel like if you're lost, for you to be able to... F-
1: I've been lost.
0: You have, you have to have, have a general idea where you're at to know what frequencies to even call on, don't you?
1: Yeah, but normally if you think about it, if you think about it, you can um like let's say you guess wrong and hopefully there's an element of home field advantage where you know, okay, Mansfield's 124.2, Toledo's 135.1. I think I'm I think I'm closer to Mansfield. I was supposed to talk to them, maybe anyways. Um, So I'm going to try them, 124-2. And they're going to say, hey, you know, so-and-so, where are you at? And you're going to say, you know, like what your last known was or where you think you are. And then they will work towards getting you over. Or they'll tell you to squawk a code and they'll pick you up on radar. You know, if you think you are somewhere and you think you're in their radar service area – They'll tell you to squawk a code. And they're like, "Oh no, no, no! You need to be talking to Toledo Approach 135.1. And then it may take some time, but you know, keep you know, cool, calm, collected type thing, and you know, st- stand your heading so you don't get further like turned around. And then they'll they'll get you straightened out. We're fortunate in this area where we are that that's easy to do. There's probably remote areas where this is probably a much bigger problem.
0: Yes. So when your iPad and your four flight took a crap, and you don't have any paper sectional charts for mm. swatting at bees, um, which you should mm. always have just to kill bugs with, and uh, yeah. use in emergency navigational purposes. Um, you could you could potentially know the area you're in for, for that. So I'm trying. To, I'm just trying to make a realistic situation here. Four flight goes away. The you battery dies in your situation. iPad. It's real easy. Yeah. Yeah, you could, yeah. Then they could vector you to civilization. Yeah. Um. Okay. That's realistic. I think so. I just, I just, the majority of the hours that I have, mm-hmm. I just had a couple of different unicoms preloaded in my, in my navigate or in my uh, com. Yeah. And they weren't, neither one of them would have pulled up ATC. And then, you know. If I end up in a situation, I I just don't know what if I would remember the frequency. Well, right? you go to, you go look on the side. Out if my you have sectional. your
1: if you have your yeah if you have your paper sectional along the side, you can see all the different you know class Bravo Charlie Delta you know um or not Delta but Charlie Delta frequencies.
0: Okay. Or Charlie Bravo. Mm. I'm
1: sorry, Bravo Charlie, not Delta, but yeah, Bravo Charlie, radar frequencies. Yeah, I mean the yeah, center. Wh- so if you think about like where your your Charlie and your Bravo radar surface areas, where those you know where there's a lapse in those and there's a big gap between them, um, that's where like a center frequency, you know, for us would mostly be Cleveland or Indianapolis center. It's broken up weird. It's not super logical, but those center frequencies would come down to kind of fill the gaps between uh, approach control frequencies. And uh, yeah, all that's on the sectional for the most part. And if you're really worried about it, do that planning beforehand. Figure out the two center, because in a GA airplane, you're going to talk to for down on a for, okay, for a private pilot or a student pilot going on a solo cross country, they're probably going to cover two different center frequencies. At least have two like in, in mind. If you're going to do a GA like Uranus, 172, 182, Warrior, Archer, Cherokee of some sort, where you have about a 500-mile range, yeah, maybe you're going to talk to four or five different centers. It's not, not that much planning for you to figure those things out ahead of time. Yeah, I just never did. I just, well no, neither did I. When I was when I was a student pilot, absolutely not. Yeah, that's obviously the instructors are like you're not going to get lost, you know, I taught you good enough and that's the way it should be. And I didn't get lost as a private or a student pilot. I got lost as a commercial pilot. Not really lost, but I got when I could have used these services is wasn't until I was a commercial pilot. And maybe that was more of a hazardous attitude
2: where were you where were you at um
1: I was well, I got me in somewhere like south of cle- southeast of Cleveland I was going to um Akron Canton and I was like, ah, I'm just gonna take off and just blast that way. It's always about a you know this heading and whatever, and I'm just gonna fly that heading and watch these things. It was a hazy day, and i remember- i mean I remember certain details about it very vividly the like the emotions of like what I had a ton of fuel, didn't even matter, I could have turned around and gone back, but I just remember the emotions vividly, like, you don't want to not let anybody down, but, like, you don't want your shortcomings to be any more visible than they already are, so, like, the last thing you want to do is turn around, which obviously is hazardous attitudes, like, crazy. Um, So, yeah, just my ego was in it. Luckily, so, I want to say you know, I got a hold of an approach controller, they gave me I got hooked up with them, whatever, and I was pretty much, I kind of turned myself around, and then at the end of it, I pretty much found out, I was, like, exactly on course. I went through a bunch of nonsense, a bunch of anxiety, probably took years off my life, um, but I ended up basically flying, like, right over top of uh, the airport. It was er early. Right over top of one of my checkpoints, so I like, should say, I was right on course.
2: You didn't have any. You didn't have any other navigation.
1: Nothing that would have taken me point. direct to the field. It would have taken me to the Akron VOR, which is like northeast of the airport by quite a distance. Like I don't know, several, like I don't know, probably twelve miles. I would think, 12, 15 miles, maybe more than that. Yeah, the Akron VOR is way northeast of Akron Canton Airport. So you didn't have any. No, yeah, so- and that's kind of always. I always try to paint this scenario where like people don't understand it now. They're in this G one thousand world with four flight and everything, and I left. I didn't even get the sectional out of the like little pocket. Like I just left it there, and that was dumb of me. I shouldn't have done that, but um, I did, and I definitely learned some things out of it. I guess. So there's that, but I wouldn't want to do it again. I wouldn't want to see like, if I were to go teach one of my kids to fly, I don't want them to do, take those chances. That I took that's all.
0: Part B aim six dash two dash one for everybody who forgot what we were talking about. Um, part B experience has shown that many pilots who are not qualified for instrument flight cannot maintain control of their aircraft when they encounter clouds or other reduced visibility conditions. And they get lost, apparently, if it's slightly foggy out. Um, Dude, in many cases...
1: Why are you belittling people who get lost?
0: I'm talking more about Scott. Okay. Getting, All right. Okay. I've never been lost. All right. In many cases, the controller will not know whether flight into instrument conditions will result from ATC instructions. To avoid possible hazards resulting from being vectored into IFR conditions, a pilot in difficulty should keep the controller advised of the current weather conditions being encountered and the weather along the course ahead and observe the following. I'll I'll read those um, afterwards. Um, Yeah, not knowing instrument flying and flying into instrument conditions is never good. Never, ever good. So I think that's why they put this in here.
1: Right. A VFR pilot flying into IFR or IMC conditions? Yeah. Yes. It's, Not good. Not good. It's, a, it's like
0: a death sentence typically.
1: I mean, if they are – so, I mean, you kind of have to pull pull it apart a little bit. But, yeah, I mean, if you are a strictly VFR pilot and you just have your your three hours of instrument or maybe you're, like, grandfathered in whenever that may have been and you're flying a non-IFR-equipped airplane – where you don't even have the instrumentation to really feasibly like utilize the three hours of instrument training you got for your private. Yeah. I mean, it's seconds before your, um, situational awareness, um, is degrading seconds. Like, I don't remember the exact numbers, probably Ryan would probably know better kind of the, the, um, the ntsb and the faa have conducted as far as training or uh, testing goes but i mean it's it's not long at all um it's less than half a second or half a minute before you're drastically you know you've, you've lost sight or not sight but feeling sensation as to which way is up and so your situational awareness is degrading rapidly and all these sensations, you're misinterpreting sensations, and you're getting yourself in a really, really bad position very, very rapidly. If you're a VFR-only pilot and you have an instrument certified plane, or at least you have the, or not even certified, but you have the instrumentation, attitude indicator, turn coordinator, all those sorts of things that you can at least interpret. You may lose control, but you may regain an element of control at some point uh, in this maneuver or whatever. Um, I don't know how that is kind of borne out in the, in these statistics or whatever, but the testing they've done, I know it is very, very quick before you have lost, um, I don't want to say sight, but I don't, I don't know how quite to say it, but where you lose situational awareness is the bottom line.
0: Yeah. I, what about, too, if you're instrument pilot, but the plane is just, as the bare minimum instruments.
1: That's tough. I would, l- I see, and that's something I think about often, you know, because I don't want to fly like when I retire or whatever. I go build a plane, buy a plane, a Super Cub. I don't want any instrument. I don't want it to be IFR certified or even close to it. If it's on the list that needs to be certified, I don't want it in the airplane. Like that's how far away I want to get from my job um, as I can. So I want to do that, but I'd like to think I could make do with if you don't make any erratic changes i would like to think that you can probably eke out you know a couple minutes like traversing a a cloud layer or whatever or at least all well, you have to yeah. do
2: to know if you're up is like tie a little string to your dash with a weight on the end of it and then if that's swinging the wrong way
0: not necessarily up, right. you could be in a turn and like you look you could be well, in a turn and look at your inclinometer ball if your plane has an inclinometer ball that balls can be centered, even well, though
2: I guess but you'd have to be pretty pretty
0: I don't know I feel like I feel like you'd
2: see if, if it's,
0: well that's what happens like you put the foggles on and not really look at the gauges and the instructor would be like oh stay straight and level and then you feel like you're straight and level you feel like you're straight up and down a lot of times that weighted string you're putting in your cockpit would may be straight up and down. And then you're just, you're not, you're in like a banking turn, banking, descending turn.
2: Yeah. I guess if you got enough G force holding the string straight,
1: yeah. wouldn't work. <laughs> yeah, It's
0: terrible advice.
1: Why don't we just follow... <laughs> I don't know. So, just, I just thought of it on the top of my head. So, so if now, you have like, the inclinometer, that, which almost everything has, except for like some J3s, which I think they should have it, Yeah, I'm, all you're really detecting is where centrifugal force is taking the center of gravity, basically. That's all we that's should, really representing. This yeah. is a
0: great experiment, though. We should, we should rig up foggles. Scott, you have foggles. Not only foggles on... But mm-hmm. tape over your gauges. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the safety pilot. Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't know how you do this legally. And then you we attach a string in front of you. And you try to maintain straight level off of, like, a fishing weight off the end of a string coming off the ceiling of the cockpit.
2: I bet I I bet I could do oh it. This my would God.
1: be
0: grand. This would
2: be... I, I don't want to
1: do it. it. I feel like the footage of watching this happen would make me throw up. <laughs>
2: I bet I can. I bet I can do it. No, okay.
1: you can't.
2: Where when I can do it. When we how much you want. When to bet? We
0: eventually get into video stuff someday. Thank you, thank you, ground crew. We're getting closer and closer every month. Um, yeah, I feel like this should be a video. I feel like it'd be a good video. Just trying to do that.
1: I yeah. I can do no. It. I you'd I don't to, know. I, go ahead. You'd go have I to
0: know. you'd have to do the gauges some way. So like. The person in the right seat, the pilot in the right seat could still see the gauges, though, because I think that'd be illegal Why? to just cover up all your no, gauges. They can see, they out, can the see out the window.
1: You're not going in IMC. VFR. Yeah. But see, the, that's where the thing yeah, is the foggles. Condition. So, this foggles, obviously, you tilt your head up to kind of see the, uh, the weight on the string. That's already cheating because you're going to get some clues out the window when you go to like tilt your head up. How do we oh, we're gonna, anchor? No, I'll, I'll
2: keep the string lower. I'll keep the string lower.
1: We're gonna, we're gonna put oh newspaper
0: from the top of the foggle to the dash and the sides of the windows. So it's impossible.
2: We're gonna we're actually just gonna spray paint the window yeah. black. Black,
1: yes. We're, I like we're
0: it. We're just gonna put a uh yeah. Yeah.
1: Left, leave nothing to chance.
2: Put like
0: some sort of yeah. polarizing thing, windscreen over the windshield. No, I'm on the inside,
2: Scott. obviously on so Touch, uh,
1: baby. Yeah,
2: paint it. Yeah, throw, throw newspaper. Let's
1: just tape new newspaper and, and the whole everything you can see, right. except for that.
2: And Lee is IFR, so he doesn't even need to. see. Yeah, we'll tape up the whole windshield.
1: The
2: we'll Charles yeah, Lindbergh this shit.
1: Off. Who cares? i don't need to look yeah, out the, the window.
0: How are the GoPros on the outside?
1: Doesn't gonna, right. gonna be able to GoPros. see what's going on. I'll how just how watch my phone as we fly. The
2: yeah, Lee can have okay. a, we'll have the GoPro okay. outside and Lee will fly off his yeah, phone I'll just,
1: yeah yo can go and my phone. If he needs yeah. to. I yeah.
0: feel like this should be done in a tailor craft for sure.
1: Yes. Absolutely. I feel like
0: this this type of operation <laughs> yes. is worthy of yes. a tailor craft.
2: Yeah. Um We should do it so it's a complete accident. So like a can of black spray paint that we accidentally had uh, We we needed a can of black spray paint. It. In yep. the plane for for our buddy's yes. funeral, that we were flying Course to you did. black
1: funeral and, makes sense. It and,
2: went off and right, and it blew up. <laughs> it blows up in the in cockpit. The cockpit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but you had your fishing so, gear because you were going to fish at his funeral.
2: Yeah, but yeah.
0: So you could you not could only did you we could,
2: need the black. Anyway, we had the fish fishing gear because the, the funeral was time. at a pond. <laughs> yeah,
0: so we can rig up the. The fishing weight off of a fishing line off the ceiling. <laughs>
2: yep. So we don't need to, to see save the day at all. Yeah.
0: We should find a wallet company to sponsor this.
2: Um, <laughs> yes, we should. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, God.
1: one of those little one of those little metal wallets. Those, yeah. Those yeah, like the minimalist wallets. The yeah. 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 If yeah. only there was yeah, one, one to, that would yeah. take us up on this offer. I just got a new one today. Came
0: in, yeah. It's not near me. so Okay. Um where were we? Part B, the numbers. Oh good. Okay. Uh da, 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 a pilot in difficulty should keep the controller advised of current weather conditions being encountered and the weather along the course ahead of, and observe the following. Okay, this is where we left how off. Even,
1: One. How does he even know? what? How does he even know what the weather is ahead? He got himself into a bad situation. How the hell does he know what it is up ahead? He's gotta relay uh, yeah. that now to the the Controller. He doesn't know
0: where he is. It was probably if you see it. We're trying to stay out of VFR. We're trying to stay in VFR. You so should a always whole know where the VFR line, weather is. There's you're a whole squall flight planning, line.
1: You know where the VFR oh, squall lines? If you don't know, I don't know where people live, but if you don't know what a squall line is, that shall eat your breakfast. It will. It will.
0: Okay, so you you're in VFR, but there's a squall line over there.
1: It's so kind, kind of like a wall of freaking snow. You should see it's that coming wall. if you're in flight.
0: A so wall of clouds. Okay, one or if a wall a of snow.
1: Of- I'm thinking. Oh well, I that's true. That's true. When I think of squall line, I typically think of snow. But yeah, it could be yeah, wall of clouds, wall of snow, wall of rain, whatever. Yeah, 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 totally. It's
0: South Florida this time of year, it's typically thunderstorms. here on the southeast coast.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Any, I, I was
1: thinking snow, but
0: one yeah. of co- if a course of action is available, which will permit flight and a safe landing in VFR weather conditions non-instrument rated pilots should choose the VFR condition rather than requesting a vector or approach that will take them into IFR weather conditions.
1: Duh. Or two. Duh. No, just one. Two. That's fine. Two. Okay.
0: If continued flight into VFR conditions is not possible, the non-instrument rated pilot should so advise the controller and indicating the lack of an instrument rating declare a distress condition, or three, if the pilot is instrument-rated and current and the aircraft is instrument-equipped, the pilot should also indicate or should so indicate by requesting an IFR flight clearance. Assistance will then be provided on the basis that the aircraft can operate safely in IFR weather conditions.
1: Mm.
0: Mm. So this basically the whole thing is just different scenarios where you should stay out of IMC, if the you and yes. or the plane are not yeah. capable of it. And yes. the air traffic controller doesn't necessarily know that they're directing you straight into IMC, so you should make yes. them aware. And if you yes. are IFR current and rated, and the plane is IFR current and rated, um, then you can just kind of go IFR at that point, can't you?
1: Yeah, get a pop-up IFR. I've had to do mm. that. I wasn't happy about it because it was not... It it seems so easy, like, oh, you're IFR. You're an IFR rated airplane. Just pop up by far. Well, yeah, except do I have approach plates? Do I, I mean, how much do I need to ask the controller for that frequency for that ILS that I think I need to go shoot? Like, what the hell am I doing? So there's, and that's just maybe me. Some people may may not think much of that. Like, oh, it's no big deal. It was an accident. It happened. I need to get this thing safely on the ground. Me, I'm thinking, it's like, I'm supposed to be a professional pilot. I don't have approach plates. This squall line, literally in the the scenario that I'm talking about, just pops up. And I'm sure I could have looked at the radar, but I'm like out flying. And I'm like, I'm not looking at the radar. I didn't really, I didn't have signal and whatever. So I couldn't keep a really good eye on the weather. Looked good for the purposes, but the lesson ran over and blah, blah, blah. So here I am. I'm flying this thing around. Fuel's not low, but it's lower than I want it to be. Like, I don't have warm, fuzzy feelings. And I don't have any approach plates. So I'm going where I'm going. I run to the squall line. I turn around. It's bumpy as hell. I'm just getting rocked in this uh, Archer. And so I turn around. I call up, you know, the local approach controller. And it's just like, it's just, it just see at the time, It's it's late at night it seems like one thing after another and like you just, my mind is like racing, like, okay, this is the, I mean, this was not going to be an accident by any means, but it's just like my mind races, all the accident reports I've read and all the things I've heard that have happened to people. And it's like, man, I have, I'm (laughs) Papa by a far, in a non known icing, you know, it's just a snowstorm basically, which it's already frozen, but like I'm not, I'm in a non known icing equipped airplane In unforecast weather, at least when we went flying, it was. I'm getting, you know, low, semi low on fuel, you know, and I don't have any approach plates. Like I need to figure out where I'm going and figure out the, you know, I'm, fig- I gotta figure, I gotta figure this all out. And with ATC's help, and that's all I got. It's just ATC. And it all, I mean, it was all fine. But at the time, when I'm turning around, heading back that way, you know, I, I go into it a little bit. Like, oh, I'm just going to, I can, I have ground contact. I, You know, I'm very familiar with the area. I know where I'm going. But then, like, it's not getting better. So, it's like, when do you turn around? When? When is it, like, when is it IMC? When When do I need to do my, my part? with my, my aeronautical decision making, just turn around, bite the bullet, turn around, do the sure thing and not see how close I can get to my destination without the weather getting better. Shoot another approach that I also don't know with even less fuel. If I have to do a go around, and never see the ground. How much less fuel do I have to get back to the alternate, the airport that I was maybe closer to. So all these things are running through your mind and, uh, how much, how, out not off putting, but how out of your way you are, you know, cause then I had to have somebody come way out of their way to come get me in a car, drive me even further to get back to my car. It was just, and it's late at night already. All these things go through your mind and it's just so hard to convey that when you talk about all the hazardous attitudes in situations like this, this aim section here, it's like, it's one thing to talk about it in theory. But then in practice, you go do it, and you have all these emotions involved, and the heat of the moment, it's very tough to really pick apart, dissect, and keep your head about you to make the logical, hard decisions uh, that give you the margin of safety and the fuel reserves and all those sorts of things. It's hard to do. It seems easy when you read these sections, but in actual practice, these things pop up on you. It's not so easy.
0: It's scary. Sounds scary to me.
2: That's pretty sweet.
0: I was, these are just the presets. I need another I'm gonna beer. I'm going to put in my own at some point here.
1: I need another beer. Uh, yes.
2: Yeah, go get another beer,
1: Lee. Because I need one. Lee. I need one so bad.
0: Lee, do you have anything you can add uh, to this section before we wrap up this lovely episode and go into the live chat with the audience?
1: Um, Yeah. To wrap up, I would just say, don't be, and I've said this a billion times, I'll say it a billion more. I'm sure. Don't be afraid to reach out. Like, you know, the, the stories that I kind of concoct and piecemeal together from the past, um, that was a younger arrogant person. And I should not have waited maybe so long to, Get ATC involved. And maybe the issue is maybe getting ATC involved before there's an issue. You know, they'll keep you on track a little bit better. There's a lot of preventative things, preemptive things that you could do, you know, to maybe offset some of this. And like when you talk about CRM, you sit down in front of your DPE and they start quizzing you maybe about CRM, crew resource management, There's elements in single pilot operations. You have limited options as far as CRM. There's nobody else to bounce, you know, uh, stuff off of, you know, other than maybe non-pilot crew members, you know, your wife, girlfriend, a one of your children. They can hold a map. They can follow along on a map. They can whatever help you just organize the flight deck or the cockpit. And that in itself is one less housekeeping task for you to do. If you have ATC involved, again, a single pilot, that is a great resource. You know, weather avoidance, um, navigation, um, and just kind of general overall aeronautical decision making. They can help you um, make some of those decisions with what they see. They're another set of eyes, obviously for traffic, if for nothing else. But you know, in this era with ADSB in and all the kind of the cheaper ways we have to um, see the bigger picture in terms of traffic and collision avoidance, you know, maybe it's a little less desirable. But when you couple the traffic avoidance that you may already see in your, on your iPad, but then you couple that with the navigation aspect and all the other things they can help you do, it just seems like really cheap insurance to get ATC involved. Early on, so it's not you're not calling them up in a panic. They've been with you all along. So I think with with that being said, thinking of ATC, there there seems to be a, an element of anxiety getting ATC involved or getting flight following or going to controlled air certain controlled air spaces Don't be so afraid. I mean, obviously, have an instructor. Get the dual instruction you need to feel pretty confident but just remember it's another person on the other end and the ATC you know the the approach controls the radar controllers the in route controllers I guess they're called that I know they appreciate that they enjoy working with the GA guys GA pilots guys and gals a lot more than they do like guys like the the jets coming in they don't want to do that they don't that does that's like kind of their job but it's not like the icing on the cake they feel like they're making and really making a difference and really helping the GA people in their 172 their their Cherokee so don't think of it so much as you're burdening them or you feel a little bit intimidated by it uh, of course that's your instructor's job to make you feel a little little bit uh you know in tune with it and feel a little bit better about it um, but ultimately, you then, once you go, are released out into the world, whether it be for your solo cross-countries, you're, you're already a private pilot, and you just got maybe a little turnaround or whatever situation happened, don't be afraid to call up ATC. Have that backup plan. Maybe get them involved early, like I said, but they're just another person on the other end of the line. And by and large, as far as I know, everybody I've ever talked to, uh, they want to help. So use them, they're a resource. Um, I, don't see the, I don't see the downside, but I remember the feelings. I remember the feelings as a student pilot, as a private pilot. I remember those feelings, so I think I know what you're going through and maybe what some of the the anxiety is about calling them. But I think from my stance now, what I know um, of of controllers of professional pilots just being in, in the national airspace systems a lot more than I was then it's it's the, the benefits far outweigh the anxiety and the risk that you that you may perceive or the shortcomings that you may perceive.
0: All right, Mr. Boris, I'll give you the last um, the last talking time for this heated debate um, for the counterpoint.
2: I guess I would say. If you're even considering flying in a situation where you may need to contact ACC, you should probably reconsider your entire flight. Okay. All right. And that would be canceled. Okay. I mean, obviously. All right.
0: Different perspectives. We like to have multiple protect perspectives on the Far End podcast. What's,
2: what's your perspective, Rob?
0: Um, I just don't get lost. Uh, backup yeah. after backup after backup. It is 2022. 20, um, I feel like there's in most flights, you should not be getting lost. There are exceptions, but it, I just, I just feel like this cannot be as common as it used to be
1: getting lost oh, in, no, in this day and sure. age. Yeah, for no. sure.
0: But, but
2: I feel like yeah. if you, I'm sure back in the day, you used to be oh, yeah. time, but nowadays, like you have so many different options. Like you can even get your cell phone out in most cases. Yeah. Oh yeah.
1: Just go like, down to a thousand feet. You know, you get cell phone reception. You're good.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I just feel like though, if you do get in a situation the day and age where you are lost, it's probably a lot more of a bad situation than Hmm. because a people are so not used to dealing with situations like that because it's so weird and odd and to get lost with all the Hmm. the iPads and stuff. But I, I I think there's two. There's people flying around in planes that don't have an ipad that don't have a yeah. moving map gps that are bopping around the back country so i feel like even though we're in this modern technical time there's still people doing flights that are very similar to how it was back in the day and it's probably more common in, amongst those types of flights but i don't know it just seems like such a foreign concept
1: to get lost
0: To get lost with the amount of technology, if you're if you're utilizing all that technology, yeah. Like I said, there's the situation. Like you could go do a flight, like how we used to do back in the day, with no GPS, no nothing, and then yeah, you could probably get lost (laughs) in that situation. I've done
1: it. That's Yeah. yeah. That's what I'm saying. I mean, I don't think I'm a bad pilot, but I I definitely I again I shouldn't say I got lost. I was unsure of where I was, which at the time the emotions that I felt, I was. Lost, like those are the emotions. Like your heart's racing. Like that place I thought I was. I'm pretty sure that's where I am now. But like I'm off course. Like that town that I thought, or not, not where I thought I was. Because obviously I know. But that town that I thought it was was back there, not here. So it's this one or vice versa. It's just your mind can get racing. You can go places, and it's just like slow down. Hold your heading. Hold your altitude. Figure this out. Have your ATC, you know, in mind who you can call. Get you going in the right direction. But yeah, it's not it's not easy when you're there.
0: Yeah, Scott and I got lost. I, I don't know if Scott remembers this. The last time we got lost, it was like one one thirty in the morning. You know, on a Saturday, like July. Oh. And we were leaving. Yeah. We were leaving the village pump on Kelly's, and we we're trying to get to the casino bar. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we probably yeah,
2: had no idea. We, where we ended, were ended at. up
0: yeah not at the casino bar. We ended up yeah I think at knows? Dockers yeah. or
1: yeah, but they Bag still had the beer though. So
0: yeah,
2: yeah, it didn't really. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I can
0: I can relate in that way. I think we um, call those
1: happy little accidents.
2: Yes, I can remember a lot of times we get lost because. We would, it'd be like a Tuesday night. We were just going to go to Cheers and have one, one beer. beer and a burger. Yep.
0: And then it'd be two and o'clock in the morning.
2: Yeah, we, we literally would not find our way home until like two yeah, in the morning. It's
0: just, it's a weird phenomenon, This northern yeah, Ohio area. It used to
2: happen a lot, but these is, this is back in the day without we didn't modern, have the modern GPS. the
0: modern technology, yeah.
2: Yeah, I don't even think we had a s- smartphone.
0: Maybe no, you had I a I might have had one, yeah, the BlackBerry. All right, this has been uh, the Far Aim podcast. We live stream this on Twitch. If you are not on the live stream email list and you would like to join us for a live stream, head on over to robertberger.com. Click on the live button. I believe this works. I haven't looked at it in months. It may have gotten hacked again. In which case, yeah, who knows what's up there on the site now. But if it's working correctly, that's what you should find. Sign up for the email list. That's where I send out all of the emails, sometimes last minute Sometimes far in advance, and then I cancel it last minute. You just never know what's going to happen. But uh, that's the main way to get onto these live streams and join us in the chat. Speaking of the chat, we are going to wrap this up and go to the yeah live Q and A chat in the uh, in the Twitch chat stream here. Um, thank you for listening. Uh, thank you, Ground Crew, for the support. All the little noise buttons and stuff. We got a new mixer board here. Uh, that was all uh, money from the Ground Crew. Thank you so much. This um, I've been wanting to get this for like two years now. This will allow us to, when we all, three of us, you know, up to four people, up or more than that technically, uh, in person, which we've never been able to do one, sitting in person before. This is always recorded remotely, the three of us, miles, hundreds of miles away from one another mm-hmm. over the interwebs. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, when I get up to Ohio, I'm bringing this, and at some point, the goal is this summer, fall, to uh, record an in-person Far podcast episode. So look forward to that. Thank you again, Ground Crew, for uh, supporting it and buying this for us, um, technically. Uh, we appreciate it. Thanks for listening. Take care.
1: Thanks, guys. Yeah, Later.
0: northern ohio just you feel like you're so familiar with it that i would jump in and it's like i've never technically been to that airport but you know it's almost by this other airport I, I, I know the general direction i can go for that and i just take off and go and it's i just luckily never got lost doing that but i could see how that could happen
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't want to say I got lost. I guess that's kind of embellishing a little bit, but it's like the element of I'm unsure exactly where I am was enough of a like, okay, I, I need to talk to Cleveland approach or Akron can approach, get a squat code and then get, in, get going the right direction. And I was pretty much, like I said, right on course, but it was hazy enough That I was just unsure, you know, I thought one town was one town, and it wasn't that town, because then, like, in a little bit, I was like, oh, no, 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 that's the town I thought I was, or I thought I was passing, it was just, yeah. I got to the point with 150,
0: where I was flying my boss, Dr. Doug, to his home in Columbus area, and I was doing that without, like, Kelly's Allen to... To, he wasn't in Columbus. I didn't have to talk to any ATC. But I could do that without looking at anything. Just kind of pop down there. You
1: we had, had the, 396. the
2: 396. in there though.
0: I did, but I I got to the point where I wasn't punching anything into that even. I wasn't even paying attention to it. I'd oh, have it on one of the screens. Yeah, I wouldn't of even the, do that. I had it on one of the screens where it was giving me like... It wasn't the moving map screen or, or like navigation. It was like the... Oh, it's the screen. The metrics of like... Vertical speed, the mimicked vertical speed indicator, and yeah. then stuff like that. It would give me more yeah. gauges that I didn't have in in the cockpit. I always liked having on that a lot of times if I didn't need it for navigation.
1: Okay, yeah, I so. wouldn't. I wouldn't do that. I mean, I would rather see my efficiency, my wanting to be efficient, like supersedes, like. You know, I, I would I would rather fly the straightest line possible instead of constantly being efficient and not tracking my course line and stuff. A lot of people end up kind of homing to a point. They're slowly just you know redirecting, redirecting, and it makes their 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 line of flight. If you were to look at it from an overview, very inefficient. I rather you know point it, track that line. And a lot of people don't do that. They just keep pressing redirect instead of putting in the crosswind correction to track their, their, their line, their course line. And I just I, – my desire to want to be efficient and track the course line would supersede kind of anything else. There's too if much I efficiency have, lost.
0: If I have it up and running – yeah, I do the same thing. I, you think over like
1: eighty finger. miles, you didn't want to pull that up and make sure you're going to the right airport or the right exact right direction.
0: Well, the first few times I did the flight, I would I was h- had it on GPS up, and then uh-huh. probably I don't know the next ten times I'd pull it up at some point, and then eventually I got to the point where I just wasn't pulling it up. I just recognized mm. all the sight picture because I did the flight dozens of times, probably.
1: Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I mean, I guess you're
2: doing it that often. Uh, I mean, it was just flying around these airports up here. I didn't use anything, you know. If I was going to Tiffin or something, I didn't.
1: Man, yeah. even Tiffin can be, be tough. Lot, I mean, that's a lot closer. Yeah, that's a lot to 30 miles or so. But, man, even well, that's I tough mean, on a hazy on day. Yeah.
2: But, we- well, yeah, I mean, it depends on the visibility. Well, yeah, if it's on a cl- crystal clear day, like, you can see the, the town of Tiffin and, like, I know where the airport, well, I've flown there in so long, but you know, back in the day, I used to fly there all the time. Just for yeah. Fun,
1: but, yeah. It's a good airport for that. You know.
0: But I'm the type of guy like driving around here in South Florida, unless I have a pressing time issue, which is rarely I have a pressing time issue when I'm driving. Usually if I'm driving somewhere, it's just like I've taken half the day off because it's Florida traffic and it's going to take forever anyway. But like I'll, I'll, I'll drive the beach. Like, I'll do A1A, like down to Fort Lauderdale, which is like adds an extra 45 minutes to the drive. But to me, it feels less headache inducing hmm. because it's compared yeah. to like 95. So I don't know. I just, I like cruising around in the car. I like cruising around the boat. I like cruising Yeah, but the you car. get
1: lost, though, that the, the, uh, dilly dally driving Miss Daisy, I'm just going to sightsee and joyride. It takes a little bit of that away once you've been unsure of where you are and you're like, shit. And I had plenty of fuel. It was like that's not even in question. So if you imagine you paint the picture where you're gonna land with minimums, the weather's deteriorating, you have a timeline to get there for whatever reason it is because the weather's deteriorating at your destination, or there's people meeting you, whatever, you start painting the realistic scenario people do deal with out there. It's like, you know, I'm gonna point. You know, put this shit in my GPS so I fly this straight line. And we're not here for to sightsee. We're here like mission oriented. You know what I mean?
2: Lee, what I would have done in your situation is probably just put it down in the field and then ask. Ask farmers
0: usually know where their fields are, so they
2: give
1: you a good idea. Yes. Yeah. 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 So that is probably in retrospect. That is what I should have done.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Because the sooner you can get on the ground, the
1: sooner well, you're right. Exactly. I mean, that, I mean that, that, that's such a successful lo- flight, right? Not get where you're going, yeah. but land safely.
2: No, get safe.
1: See, yeah,
0: Scott, safe. Uh, I mean, we'll move on, but that's a big difference between Scott and I and you, Lee. Is we're rarely flying somewhere other than the no. air.
2: Yeah. I, I don't fly anywhere for a destination other than Kelly's Island, but. Outside of that, I don't fly to a Typically,
0: each line, most of the lines in Scott and I's logbook have the same airport <laughs> on it twice.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah. Almost all of them. 88 Delta to 88 yep. Delta. <laughs> <the> yeah. <laughs> so I'm okay. just saying. Sometimes sometimes there'll be an 89 Delta. In yeah. There. Right. Other than that. <laughs>
1: <sighs> oh, the-
2: now that I have a, now that I have a gas caddy, there's not even a five alpha one in there. Wow.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah. I got a wow. lot. Of,
0: I got a lot of eight nine delta. Yeah, in my logbook. It's,
2: it's all just it's all eighty eight delta and eighty nine delta now. It used to be some five alpha ones in there before I I got a gas caddy for my hangar, but now that I have a gas caddy.
1: It's- so with the, what do you, what do you put what are you more. putting in the gas caddy? You're just going down to Norwalk and filling up, or?
2: Yeah. Used. Gotcha. Yeah. He's
0: putting used the motorcycles he buys and the.
2: Yeah, we just I just fill up. Yep. The gas that drains that's drained out of the wrecked bike. Okay. So,
0: he'll, he'll buy old aircraft for salvage, and sometimes they have. So oh yeah, smell it. Make sure it's too. So he'll, still good. He'll yeah. mix in some 100 low yeah. lead from
2: from these planes yeah. he's buying too. Some of the salvage planes yeah. I have that, that I buy have fuel okay. in them still.
1: So. Well, that shit's good for forever, so. Yeah. yeah, good, yeah. good, good.
2: No, actually, I've been I've been running actual avgas in it from Norwalk. because top overhaul last year, so I guess you're supposed to run 100 low lead in them for 25 hours or something like that. Yeah. Oh, that's going
0: to take you two years. <laughs> no,
2: two years. <laughs> <laughs> He's on the five-year plan, Rob. What are you talking yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's, that's like what you think five? he retired
1: yeah. and he had all this spare time. What's going on?
2: Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: Right. Um,
2: and not to mention, like, I want to do some, like some, some recurrent flight training. And, like, my instructor. Oh, no, no, no. He is not. Un- he is no, no, a no no.
1: Unreliable. no, no, no. Scott, tell everybody we're going to fly this week. But this week, yeah, like the pr- okay, last week technically, this past week, last
2: week we were gonna fly last. It didn't line up for like either one. of Five
1: those. days ago. Yeah. No, the weather wasn't, it wasn't good. Just your fault. Yeah, it wasn't just my fault.
2: No, Thursday, Thursday would have been fine, right?
1: What was it? I can't remember.
2: Thursday was our backup day. Yes, and you were like, "Oh, you said that's right." Yes, you said it wasn't. You said it wasn't good for you, yeah. and I was like, yeah, "Yeah, it's not really good for me either."
1: Yeah, that's yeah, you're right. You're right. So now but it's June. It's into now, June, everybody. Good, so. It's into June.
2: Yeah. Jim just did my annual this week, so
1: I'm yeah, in end June, man. Yeah, we'll we'll fly in the first little bit of June.
2: Okay, well it's you know, it's still May.
1: So. I'm pretty okay. much out of commission. I'm on a trip right now. As soon as I get back, I'm pretty much done through the end of May. Yeah. We are we're
0: actually hosting a podcast, gentlemen. Um I don't know if you guys forgot oh, about that. We were
1: scheduling I a, thought people I thought, we were scheduling a I thought people found this interesting, Rob.
0: Uh you guys scheduling yeah. a review for Scott. Once you once you guys do the review, then we'll talk about it on here. Till then it's kind of a
2: I need a review. I just feel like I suck.
0: What do I mean? You and I both do probably. I haven't flown in a while. I should I should go fly yeah, with both of you just, guys. Zeke yeah. Zeke like- might bring me up in the decathlon tomorrow morning. I gotta finalize it a little here. Our schedule. Ta- you mean
1: take but- you up in the decathlon? When you say bring you up, yeah. I'm like, oh, you're coming to Ohio? Oh, okay. Yeah, like no, he's no, gonna no. fly you yeah. up here. Well, we'll see you next week. We'll see you in June, about the same time yeah. Scott and I are flying.
2: Yeah, yeah. i don't I don't imagine that's a very uh, <laughs> quick way to get up. I here.
0: may, I may Flying a decathlon tomorrow morning, so I'm kind of excited about that. But nothing's f- official yet.
1: No, yeah, and I mean, document the occasion. Who I- yeah,
2: who
0: is Zeke? This? He's um,
2: don't know.
0: He's a really, really early listener. We've been trying to get him on the show oh, okay. amongst many other people. This tailwheel instruction out a Fox Drop 45 and a decathlon. Um.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It seems like you need one. Lee's feeling like you really Lee's feeling good. Um, I, think little, I think he's a little buzzed. Yeah, I feel like I'm a little am a little buzzed myself too. I normally, I don't know, I didn't have that. It's much. like he may
0: have been drinking since like five o'clock on a layover in a hotel. If one didn't yeah. know yeah. better, you might think something I like think that. It was, yeah. Um, the, 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 whoa, the chat is huge. I haven't looked in the chat for a while here. Oh yeah, I don't even know where to start. Saw a TikTok about flying a 150 to Jamaica and my first thought was how many milk jugs would be needed for that flight by Randy. Oh, I see you're in here. You've been in the chat a little bit too.
2: Yeah, yeah. I jumped in a little
0: You little Okay, so you could get by with two, you're saying, but three or four just to be safe?
2: Yeah, like two is, I mean, two is legal. You know, that's like your minimums, but I would probably throw three or four in there because you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, one could pop on. One could pop during the crash, and then you, who's gonna, who's gonna get the good one?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: You know, if you got, I mean, if it's just you in the one fifty, then you really only need one or two. But
0: that is true. Um, if
2: you got a passenger, you're probably gonna want three or four.
0: Towers bringing milk jug temporary tattoos to pre That would be, be funny. Um. Lee's free. in a hotel. Oh, there he is. Lee, how far away is your fridge?
1: Um, you're in it's you're in a to hotel To the fridge and back, and then to the bathroom and back. So it's quite oh, a ways okay. if you calculate gotcha. it like that. Yeah.
2: Okay. Yeah. <laughs> New York City. What what kind of hotel do they put you in in New York City? Well,
1: we get to select our own hotels. So I'm in Hilton.
2: Oh really? They give you they give you a price range or Yeah, price?
1: they want about hundred and thirty bucks a night, which is almost impossible these days. Okay. But
2: I was gonna say in New York City, I can't even believe that you could This find is one twenty
1: four a night. And it's how far out of the city though is it? Um decently I'm I'm very close to the to the airport we flew into, so
0: Ferrari okay. Ferrari uh it would be two fifty whenever I'd have to travel in that area. Yeah, I, I mean, wasn't traveling as often as you guys are. So th-
1: we do. I mean, we often. I mean, we're we're. <clears throat> it's very expensive. It's well into the two hundreds most of the time. But I do my. I do what I can to help cost control.
0: Yeah. All right. Um. This has gone off. The-